So to develop an attribute, it takes self-motivation, self-direction, and it takes one's willingness to step into deliberately in environments that test and tease and develop that attribute. Gentlemen, welcome to episode 78 of the Becoming Men podcast. This episode is brought to you by thebecomingmen.com. I'm your host, Ray Delanues, and this is the podcast for good men who want to live epic lives. Every week I show up with legendary guests who help me bring some of the most powerful and some of the, really some of the best content out there on masculinity. If this is your first time joining us, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss another life-changing episode. Also, if you'd like to connect with me, go ahead and find me on Instagram. My handle is at Ray Delanues. That information is going to be down below. My guest this week is former Navy SEAL commander, Rich Divinian. We're going to be talking about how to develop the attributes of the man that you long to be so that you can begin living a purposeful and authentic life. Rich is the author of the book Attributes, 25 Hidden Drivers of Optimal Performance. He draws from more than 20 years of experience as a Navy SEAL officer where he completed more than 13 overseas deployments, 11 of which were to Iraq and Afghanistan. Through his career, he's achieved multiple leadership positions to include the, the famous he was a commanding officer of the Navy SEAL Command. Since his retirement in 2017, Rich has worked as a speaker, facilitator, and consultant with Chapman & Co. Leadership Institute and Simon Sinek, Inc. During his 20 years as a Navy SEAL commander, Rich was intimately involved in the world-renowned SEAL selection process, which whittles exceptional candidates down to a small cadre of some of the most elite optimal performers in the world. Through years of observation, Rich learned to identify a successful recruit's core attributes. Those are the innate traits for how a person performs. The same methodology can be used by you today to help you identify the attributes that you need to further develop to become the man that you long to be. Gentlemen, here's my interview with Rich Divini. If you could go back and talk to your 20-something-year-old self for one minute, what would you say to him? Oh man, I love that question. And the reason why I love it is I, I usually give an answer that people don't want to hear. And that is, I would say nothing. Um, <laughs> no way. And, yeah. And here's the, I would love to observe, right? But uh, <laughs> okay. I would say nothing. And here's the reason is because, um, well, let me tell you a story. I was, I went through SEAL training in 1996 class, okay. uh, SEAL class, Bud's class 210. And, you know, some of us who are fortunate enough, if we stay in our, our career for long enough, we get to see our centennial class go through training. So that was for me, obviously class 310. It usually takes about 16 or 17 years yeah. for for 100 classes to go by. So I got to go out um, wow. while 310 was doing their Hell Week, and they gave me the opportunity to help secure them from Hell Week. Hell Week is obviously the five, the six day week where you start on Sunday, you don't end till Friday, you only sleep two hours the whole week or something like that, and and you just it's just crushing. That's where you get most attrition, right during yeah. Hell Week. And I remember standing in front of those guys on the beach and I told them, I said, and of course they're, they're barely listening because they just went through a week. <laughs> but, uh, but I said, listen, I I'm standing in front of you and I've had a, a just a phenomenal career. Um, I've been to tons of different places. I've gotten to do what I've always wanted to do. I, I have a beautiful wife. I have beautiful, uh, just great kids. And, um, and I'm just here today because, uh, I like you, did not utter two words during hell week. And those words were, I quit because I didn't quit. Mm -hmm. My life is what it is. And I realized if I had quit, my life would be drastically different. And I feel like that is the, is kind of the script for our entire lives. Everything we do, everything we say, every decision we make or have made has, has brought us to where we are right now. And, um, yeah. and I couldn't be more grateful, couldn't be more happy. And so, yeah. uh, 
And so I would love to go back and observe because I think it'd be funny. And I think like, man, who is that kid? Uh, But I'd be, I'd be deathly afraid that if I said something, it would change the direction of my life. And I, I I wouldn't want that to happen. So it's a little bit of a, I guess a butterfly effect there for you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, now, now I'm stumped, right. In my, on my own podcast, because first of all, you're the only person to ever have said that Uh, you are the the first person. And then you're also the first uh, Navy SEAL to have come on the podcast. So I guess that's an interesting, an interesting take. And it really goes along with something I heard from, um, from a colonel, he said, you know, we all say that we would like to go back and, and, you know, if I could just be in your shoes, but he's like, that's not really the truth. He said, what we really mean is if I could go back with everything I know today and redo everything, then, you know, then I would go back in your shoes and do it. But yeah, you know, it's, it's not fair, right? We live a life, we live a messy life sometimes with all of the choices in between that make us who we are. I totally agree. And I think that uh, the military teaches us that in some uh, in, in, in obscure ways that we don't notice. The reason why Marine boot camp is as tough as it is, as it is, the reason why SEAL training is as tough as it is, is because they understand, the military understands kind of intuitively that you grow through stress and challenge. Yes. You, you become who, or you show up, you, 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 it shows who you really are and how you really perform. And, um, and this is really the baseline concept of the attributes. These types of in- environments, these types of situations, tease out the real us, you know, and I'm, I'm really fascinated with kind of the elemental human, it's what I call the elemental human. That is the, who are we really? We, we all kind of heard the, the old adage. It's, it's during times of, of stress, challenge, uncertainty, during the tough times where the real us shows up, right? Sure. The orange squeeze, you know, the, the, you squeeze the orange to get the juice or you squeeze the coal and suddenly the diamond appears, right? I'm really fascinated who the real us is. And, um, and people like us, uh, have been so fortunate to, um, to decide to be in a profession that has given us such crucibles inside of which we can kind of discover ourselves. And a lot of, not a lot of people get to do that. And so, uh, and so I think it's really important to understand it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember reading a man's search for meaning. I think that yeah. it, that's the, that's the book where Victor, was, Victor Frankel, uh, exactly, yeah. exactly. Wonderful. Holocaust survivor. And, uh, just able to really speak on that, right. That mm-hmm. here are these people who are rational, right. In their own, in their own mind, we all think we're rational humans who are, uh, you know, just had a normal life one day. And then the next day they're sitting here trying to survive and, and search for the thing that's going to keep them alive for the next day. Yeah. Um, and really how we find our true selves in yeah. those moments, like you said, yeah. in the moments of challenge um, and stress. And I, I really want to jump into uh, some of the content of your book, because when I think of the men that I'm speaking to, that we're speaking to here today, uh, the guys who just are like, hey, I just finally want to be able to look at myself in the mirror and be proud of who I see. The guys mm-hmm. that are like, I'm tired of living this uh, you know, imposter as this imposter self. I want right. to become the man that I was created to be. I'd have to always point them to, Hey dude, you have to choose intentionally who it is that you want to become. And that person has, I call you know, characteristics. They have, he has character. You call them attributes. Um, tell us a little bit about the book, why you wrote it, where this is coming from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and by the way, I love what you're doing. I think it's just a, such a great, uh, journey. And, um, and that's why I'm so appreciative to be here with you. Uh, you know, the attributes, the, the, the concept, the, the initial concept came from when I was running, I got a chance to run a very specialized, uh, seal selection process. Um, and at this particular one, we would take some of the most, um, uh, experienced and, and in some cases talented, kind of the, you know, some of the best guys and bring them to our selection process and put them through our selection process. 
to see if they had what uh, what we needed to see for for the command we were at. And yeah. um, and there was still about a fifty percent attrition rate. Uh, and so and of course that's okay. Every selection assessment process implies <laughs> attrition, right? Yeah. Uh, what, what the problem was we couldn't. Uh, but when I when I by the time I took over at the time I took over, we weren't doing a good job explaining why guys were attriting. We had we had silly things like, well, they couldn't shoot very well, couldn't do this, couldn't do that. But like, but these are experienced dudes. I mean, obviously yeah. they shot a ton of times. They'd done all this stuff. And so it, it forced me to kind of look a little bit deeper. And one of the things I considered kind of looking at the basic SEAL training, again, BUDS, basic underwater demolition SEAL training, um, is that, uh, you know, during, during BUDS, you spend hundreds of hours running around with big, heavy boats on your head. You spend hundreds of hours exercising with 300-pound telephone Ooh. poles and freezing in the surf zone. And I kind of reflected. I had, at that point, already been on hundreds of combat missions overseas in Iraq and Afghanistan. Never on one did I carry a boat on my head or a <laughs> telephone pole, right? And so, not once. And, not once. Not <laughs> once. Um, and so, uh, what you realize is what they are doing there is not training you to be a Navy SEAL. You know, training is a is actually the wrong word. They're actually throwing you into environments, into situations, into experiences to tease out these innate qualities to see if you have what it takes. Yeah. This is where I started to think about attributes and separate really human performance between these two things, skills and attributes, because they're inherently different things, even though they can, they get conflated all the time. And so, uh, and so that was the thesis. And when I got out of the military and I started talking to organizations about high performing teams, I would often get comments like, well, we're reforming up these dream teams, best marketing dude, best graphics designer, best whatever. Right. Um, yeah. And they're doing great when things are going great. But as soon as the situation turns sideways or doesn't go as planned, they start to turn toxic. And I said, well, it's because you're selecting based on the wrong things. You're looking at skills versus attributes. And so it'd probably be good if I just kind of uh, break those two down for you real quick for the yeah, audience. Absolutely. Right? So, um, skills are not inherent to our nature. Okay. None of us are born with the ability to ride a bike or throw a ball or shoot a gun, you know, in the military case, um, we learn to do those things. We're trained to do those things. We're taught to do those things. Skills direct our behavior in known and specific environments, right? So here's how and when to drive a car. Here's how and when yeah. to shoot a gun. And because they're visible and kind of didactic that way, they're very easy to assess, measure, and test. You can see them. Therefore, you can put scores around them. You can put stats around them and all that stuff. Um, it's why we get seduced by them when we're, uh, when we're building teams or hiring people. Um, yeah. What skills don't tell us is how we're going to show up when the environment becomes stressful, challenging, and unknown, uh, uncertain and unknown. Mm -hmm. Because in an unknown environment, it's very difficult, if not impossible, to apply a known skill. Uh, this is where we lean on our attributes. Attributes are innate, okay? We are all born with levels of situation awareness, resilience, adaptability, patience. Um, certainly, they develop over time and experience. We can develop them, but you can see levels of this stuff in small children, right? So um, they inform rather than direct behavior. So, mm. for example, my son's levels of resilience and perseverance informed the way he showed up when he was learning the skill of riding a bike and he was falling off a dozen times doing so, right? So they inform our behavior. And then because yeah. they're hidden in the background, they're difficult to see. And they're very, they're, they're also difficult, almost impossible to measure and mm -hmm. score and assess, right? So, so you can see them the most visibly and viscerally during times as challenge, uncertainty, and stress. This is why military training, especially basic training, is centered around this concept. Very little of what you do, at least in the first phases of SEAL training or, mil or even Marine boot camp, has anything to do with learning a skill. <laughs> it has to do with it. We're going we're gonna to basically kick your ass and see That's if you it. have what it takes, you know, and we're going to put you through these experiences inside of which that we can determine, do you have what it takes? Do you have these qualities? And so, and so what people have to understand is that our performance as human beings is driven 
by these attributes. Uh, yeah. They're they're running in the background. They are what make us up. When you talk about you know uh, your audience kind of wanting to figure out who they are, um, the first step is to figure out our own engine. You know, and 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 I describe it kind of. I describe us as humans like automobiles. Okay, we're all yeah. automobiles, except some of us are. Ferraris, some of us are SUVs, some of us are Jeeps, you know, now there's no judgment because the, the Jeep can do things the Ferrari can't do. And the Ferrari can do things the Jeep can't do. Right. That's good. Um, but wouldn't it be cool and beneficial if we could lift our hood and figure out what we actually were, because we may part of our challenge or struggle, our misery might be because we are a Jeep that's been trying to run on a Ferrari track yeah. <laughs> or a Ferrari yeah. trying to run on a Jeep track, you and know, we're frustrated. And we're frustrated. And we, so it might behoove us to, to know that because then we can say, well, actually, no, I want to I want to find a Jeep track and go run mm-hmm. on that. Or because we have free choice, you say, OK, yeah, I'm a Jeep and I still want to run on this Ferrari track. But now I know exactly what I need to work on to do better as a Jeep on the Ferrari track. And so that's what the attributes kind of helps us do is kind of deconstruct ourselves, our engine and our performance. I, I love that analogy. It's so easy uh, for us to see and, and for guys to, you know, we all try to define ourselves with with our vehicles, especially guys with trucks, right? Like <laughs> dude, if, if this entire time you've been trying, you know, you're a truck and you've been trying to, you know, get on a speedway and make these tight turns and it's not working. Well, maybe it's cause you know, there's something going on, but here's something, um, maybe a little bit interesting along those lines. Uh, my little brother bought a 1997 red Honda civic, exactly what you're picturing. It's worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <Nice. laughs> um, so he's like excited to get me in this car. So he just bought this thing. It's his first car. He just got his license. I like get in. I'm like, okay, Lord Jesus help us. And my little brother's so excited. He's telling me all of the things that he wants to do to this car. I'm going to fix up the, the sound system. I'm going to make it do this. And I'm like, okay. Um, Hey, by the way, you're, I see your check engine light is on. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to go ahead and um, I'm going to put the color in and I'm going to make it this cool color. I'm like, um, are you, you said you were leaking fuel, right? This is a man who is more worried about taking care of the exterior of this thing to make it sound good and look good to everybody else, but never wanting to go underneath the hood and really fix what was going on. Right. And it's, that's such a great analogy for, for life. And, 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 and what we sometimes get focused on, unfortunately, in today's world, it's much easier to get focused on that external stuff because we think social media actually, um, you know, a, a kind of exacerbates that whole concept, right? When someone posts a picture, yeah. it's just a, it's a snapshot. I mean, it's literally a snapshot, a porthole from your a view of this person that could be completely not reality. But everything about that photo is uh, hopefully that person is made exactly how it needs to be just perfect. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's just not life. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I think those, I think happiness comes from this idea that you can say, listen, I am who I am internally. Um, yeah. I, I am confident and comfortable with who I am. And of course, I'm always going to strive to do better. Um, whether that's, you know, physically and looking better or whatever, that's great. But, but the guts are good, right? This is the difference, right? Between the, the, the person who, um, is really fit, but unhealthy, mm. right? Because you can have that. You can have the person who's really like, looks like an yeah. Adonis, but, they're yeah. putting stuff in their body that is just destroying their, their body. Right. And so, right. um, and so, and, and that it's not going to end well versus the person who's like really healthy, but might not look that fit. Right. It's like yeah. that person doesn't look, I mean, obviously not, not unfit, but that person doesn't look like super fit yet. Yeah. That person is really healthy because they're doing the right things internally. That's the key. And I think that's, I think you bring up a great point. It's a great analogy. 
Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So as we look at these uh, attributes, these things under the hood, the things that we really need to be focusing on, I'm, I'm assuming this isn't easy, easy work. Number one, because a lot of times there's no instruction manuals, <laughs> right? We, we kind of have this in front of us. We're like, where do we even start? And then number two, I think, I think as men, we go at it alone way too often. If you were to send somebody off on you know, this journey to start that, you know, dabbling in uh, understanding and figuring out their engine, you know, what, what's really going on? Like, where do you even start with this? I mean, it starts with introspection. Uh, introspection yeah. must become habitual, I believe, yes. uh, for, for people, for, for, for humans to, to improve. We have to know who we are and we have to be curious as to who we are. And the curiosity has to be um, done with humility um, and no judgment, right? So in other yeah. words, none of us are perfect. So um, I'm going to go and I'm curious about what my imperfections are. And I'm not curious in the sense that I'm going to go, you know, be down on myself because of them. I'm curious because if I am, if I'm actually a Jeep, right, then there's no way I'm going to go 120 miles an hour. It's just not going to be good. So I might yeah. as well know that upfront. Okay. <laughs> That's um, good. And I think, um, I think even, and today, there's another thing I see about today, uh, and it's, this is not said in a, in a uh, judgmental way because there's so much good that comes from the technological advantages we we have. But yeah. but one of the things that I see that's slightly negative is that we have an opportunity at any moment in our day, at any second, to get lost or be entertained by something else. Okay, to to in other words, take our mind off of ourselves. Right. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, you, you're, you're certainly younger than I am. I mean, I grew up in the eighties and we used to take road trips, you know, uh, cause we had four kids and there's no way my dad was going to buy plane tickets for, yeah. for a family of six. Right. So we used to drive to all of our places. So these are like 20 hour drives sometimes. Yeah. We didn't have Walkmans. I mean, whether Walkmans existed, but we didn't have them. Didn't have video right. games, didn't have phones, right? I used to spend hours and hours and hours just sitting in the car, looking out the window, daydreaming. <laughs> No, that's, I mean, to this day, I can get on an airplane. If I'm next to a window, I can just sit there. I don't need to watch a movie. I can just daydream, right? Um, Now, I consider this a skill. You know, I really do. Yeah, I consider the ability to introspect, to get into your head, actually a skill that needs to be practiced and developed. I mean, um, and, and to do so, we have to deliberately put away those things that are, are vying for our attention and get into our heads um, and, um, and think about things, think about ourselves, ask ourselves questions, interrogate the world, um, ask, um, you know, ask questions about empathy for other human beings. You know, how yeah. do I feel about that? How might another person feel about that? I think this is part of the beginning processes to self-assessment, uh, to introspection. Um, and if we develop that curiosity, man, the game, game on, because now we're going to like, okay, cool. Now I can start knowing things about myself. I can start finding things that I can help. Yeah. The other thing about understanding our engine and whatever car or vehicle we are is that now we, out of the tens of thousands, if not millions of tips, tricks, and tools mm-hmm. and cool gizmos that are out there for self-improvement, um, we can be, well, we can rest assured that out of all those things, not everyone works for every person, right? That's so, right. so by understanding our engine, we can start to distinguish which things work for us, right? If, again, if I'm a G, I use the Jeep analogy because I, I consider myself a Jeep, right? I'm, I'm, I'm not that sexy. I'm old. I'm kind of rugged, but I'm yeah. pretty tough, right? You know, yeah. I can't go that fast. I've never that, but I'm pretty tough, right? So I, I always consider myself a Jeep. Um, 
But if we're a Jeep, uh, that now we discover that, hey, maybe that nitrous oxide pack is not going to work on my engine. It'd yeah. probably be disastrous. I'm going to find something else, right? And but by the way, I don't need it because I don't need my Jeep to go fast, right? Maybe mm-hmm. I just need the better suspension. I got to go off road or whatever. So, so this, so this introspection, this self awareness allows us to not only learn about ourselves, but also to better distinguish and decipher what those things we can use to become better actually are. Yeah. What are the, some, some of the ways that you found that introspective uh, behavior or, or those skills, like you said, um, were really amplified in the communities that you were in uh, as a Navy SEAL? Like how, how was that shown to be a core value? Well, I think I won't even limit it to the, the Navy SEALs. I'll, I'll say the military, whether it's Marines yeah. or SEALs or anybody. I think we don't we are in an environment in the military, especially those of us who who actually, you know, who have to go into combat environments. Um, we're in an environment where we don't have to, we don't have time to waste. <laughs> OK, um, you can't you can't dither or diddle with things that don't actually um, make sense to the current yes. problem. Okay. Yes. Um, it would, it, it just, you don't have time to, you have to focus, you, you, you train yourself to ask some immediate questions about what you're up to, what your environment is and focus on the problem in the moment. Right. So oh, what yeah. it does is it, it creates a, a, a nice habit of, of blocking out the noise and focusing in on the problem and solving yeah. that problem. And then moving to the next problem. Um, because again, you don't have time to do anything but that. Um, most people don't have uh, that type of urgency, that type of dynamic environment inside of which they can be, they're kind of forced to do that. So so it's just, a, it's incumbent on someone to force themselves to basically say, okay, what what in this moment should I be focusing on? That yeah. Stop escaping, right? Again, there's nothing wrong with escape. There's nothing wrong with a great yeah. movie, a good book once in a while. Um, even music. I mean, music is a, is a form of escape as well. Um, nothing wrong with that. Um, but, uh, but if we overuse it, you know, we are cheating ourselves from some real, uh, wisdom, I think, you know, and, yeah. and so I think, I think, I think our environments, I think the military environment, certainly ones we're in just, it, it, it was required, <laughs> yeah. which means, which means we, we, we probably went in the military with some of those tendencies anyway, with some of those attributes, they just got hyper-developed when we were in there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that need for honest reflection, I would say, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Like it, it has to be built into any efficient process or, or process that you want to see running efficiently. And I was just actually doing a, a letter of instruction for, you know, a, a range, some training that we were going to do. And, you know, I had to include in there. It's funny, you know, I'm writing this thing for right now, training that we were going to do, but written in this training plan is the fact that as soon as we are done, I have no more than five business days to get back to my training section with an after action review Mm -hmm. on what went right, what went wrong. And at the end of the day, you know, my unit, my command is only going to benefit by how honest I am you know, introspective I am in that moment to say, well, actually, you know, the delivery of this could have been better. Uh, This person could have been more prepared. I could have done a little bit better coordination with this agency and that one, but maybe it's scary. You know, let's be honest. You know, you got some 20 something year old guys here who are like, I, maybe they don't have the skills to be introspective immediately, you know, to the level that would benefit them most, or there's some, there's some ego there. You know, nobody wants oh, to totally. point to themselves yeah. and yeah. say, there's something wrong with me or I could have done something better. How do we combat that? So I think ego gets a bad rap. <laughs> the word ego gets a bad rap. And the reason, because ego, all ego is, is self, is, is um, self-awareness. It's, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's what we as homo sapiens have that we at least 
to at least to a current extent feel like we're the the one species that has it. We haven't really determined how much of a of a feeling of I am any other species has at this sure. point. I'm sure that there's a graduating scale there and we can get into neuroscience if we wanted to, but that would probably be over some beers. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think so. But but I think it's it's a it's a it's a self-awareness and it's an understanding that I, in fact, am an individual here. I, I bring something unique to the table. Right. Mm. I, uh, you know, I think, I think there's, I think two of the most powerful words in the human language are the words I am, because everything mm. that comes after that is how you begin to shape your behavior, your life, your, your direction. Yeah. And so I think it's, it, it, one of the, one of the exercises I've had people do sometimes when I've felt like they just needed a boost as I've had them write on a piece of paper, I am, and then write their name. And I said, just every time you're feeling down, look at that piece of paper. Okay. Read that. Okay. Because no one else is that right. That's, That's good. There's a uniqueness there. Right. And so, so first be, be proud of your uniqueness. Okay. That's number one. Yeah. Um, but then once you, once you take custody of that uniqueness, then you say, okay, now it's my job to actually become better. Um, listen, let's just, let's just keep on with the automobile analogy, right? None yep. of us, none of us who are responsible car owners wouldn't at certain points in the, our ownership of a car, take that thing in to be checked and serviced and change the oil and do this and do that. Right. That's yeah. the, that's what, that's how you maintain a proper running vehicle that you can trust that, that, that lives a long life, whatever. Why aren't we doing that with ourselves? <laughs> I mean, there's there's the wow. there's the medical thing, right? Obviously, we're getting medical checks, but but that has to be a mental game too. We're a lot more than just our blood pressure and um, and cholesterol levels, right? So yeah. so uh, so we should be proactively giving ourselves a service check, you know, um, yeah. and that starts with our own interrogation and humility. In the sense of, hey, listen, I got so much to learn. I don't know it all. You know, I'm proud of what I have right now. But if if your listener, if some of your listeners right now, they're they're young, you know, they're they're 18, they're 20 years old. Just know that you are just you are at the very beginning. You know, in fact, uh, our our frontal lobes, right, don't finish fully forming mm -hmm. until about 23 years old. Um, oh yeah. So 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 if you're listening to this and you're underneath 23 year olds, th three years old, you're still baking. Your brain is still actually developing. Oh, yeah. um, you know, and which which is which is very very by the way advantageous. You are in the prime space in your life to learn. We are we are learning sponges between the ages of birth and 23. All right, because our because our frontal lobe is just the, the, the neuroplasticity in our bodies and our brains is at an all time high. Okay. Yeah. After 23 it starts to starts to decrease as we get older, right? We have to and, and we have to do be more deliberate in how we how we encourage plasticity, right? But anything below 23, you are a, you are literally mm -hmm. a sponge. So so if you are closed minded or egotistical about anything um, you are cutting off your ability to maximize your learning, all right? Um, because your brain is designed, set up right now to to maximize learning. So, so that's what I would say: utilize and take advantage of your neurology right now, because yeah. now is the prime prime time to discover and learn something about yourself and learn new things about about the world. I, I find it interesting how we can how we can go out there, be intentional about you know what we're putting ourselves through, so that we can then draw out attributes, draw out character and become someone. Um, but I guess I want to be able to bridge that gap a little bit more um, and, and maybe have you talk about that a little bit, because the tendency is to say, I just, I just want to become uh, confident. Mm -hmm. I just want to become more patient. 
Uh, and this is, this is really where the name for this podcast came. I was interviewing guys and talking to so many uh, men, you know, in my life, in the military, all, all walks of life. And I'm like, Hey, like, what's your biggest pain point? You know, mm-hmm. what's going on? And I kept hearing that word become, you know, yeah. I just want to become a better this. I just want to become more that. So how, do, how is it that we bridge this gap, you know, yeah. from, from just a wish to like actually doing it? Well, I mean, it's, it can start with attributes, right? I mean, right. those, those qualities that we bring to the table here, are a couple of things about attributes that I should probably lay out just so people know, uh, first of all, and in the book, I talk about 25 attributes mm-hmm. for optimal performance. So, so let me do for, something first. Let me define what optimal performance is because, because most people nowadays, there's a huge push. It's like a fad almost, I think chasing peak performance. It's peak, this peak, everybody wants to be peak everything, every, all the time, right? Yeah, just everything's peak, 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 right? Well, peak is, and people used to keep on telling, used to say to me, um, uh, you, you, you Navy SEALs, you're the ultimate peak performers. And I, I'd say, no, I disagree with that, okay? We are what I call optimal performers. And optimal performance is different. We have to understand peak is simply an apex from which we can only go down, okay? That's a good um, point. Peak has to be planned for, prepared for, scheduled. Um, the professional football player spends his entire week planning and prepping and doing things so that he may peak for three hours hours on Sunday. That's what happens, right? That's good. Seal, seals are different, right? And I, I would say put, put Marines up, but any really warfare uh, fighter, military uh, person in this category, we, we are optimal performance. Okay. Optimal performance is I'm going to do the very best I can in the moment, whatever the best looks like in this moment. Okay. Sometimes my best looks like peak, right? It's flow mm-hmm. states and everything's clicking and everything's awesome. Sometimes my best is I am head down grinding it out, just going step by step, because that's all I have, right? That is that is also optimal performance, right? Because, yeah. and, and, and we have to understand that optimal performance allows us to do a couple of things. First of all, it allows us to celebrate those times when we are just head down, we're just gutting it out and it's dirty yeah. and it's muddy and it's gritty and it, it sucks and all that stuff. You're still performing optimally. You're just going step by step. You're doing the best you can in the moment. So you can celebrate that. The other thing it allows us to do is manage our energy properly. Okay. Um, mm. I don't need to be peak when I'm driving to the grocery store. <laughs> All right. Um, good. By understanding uh, my energy levels, I can actually optimize as I move through my day so that I'm burning what I need to burn in the moment. And when I need to go peak, when I need to go to like a 10, I have the ability to go to 10. I mean, this right. is. Us, we in the military, we actually, we, this is ingrained in us, you know, because, because it's, it's, it's so apparent from the, from day one that you never know when the end is coming. You know, this is the thing about yeah. SEAL training, right? It was all about just, Hey, we're just going to kick your ass. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know when the end is coming. So, so you, 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 the guys who make it through, they are, they show up like this already, but it's forged into your system that I am just going to manage my energy throughout, right? Because if I yeah. go too hard, too fast, too soon, I will burn out. I don't know when the end's coming. And so, so that's the thing about optimal performance we have to understand is we have to learn to perform optimally. Um, so that's one thing. That's one way we can get going and start celebrating yeah. even the times where it's tough. That's um, good. And then think about those attributes we bring to the table. So the other thing I'll talk about in terms of attributes is we all have all of the attributes. I talk about the 25 attributes. We all have all of them. Okay. The difference in each one of us are the levels to which we have each. Right. So, so we take adaptability, which is uh, one I use usually for an example. Okay. If 10 is high and one is low, I'm probably a level eight on adaptability. That means when the environment uh, around me changes outside of my control, um, it's fairly easy for me to go with the flow and roll with it. Okay. Some 
someone else might be a level three, which means when the same thing happens to them, it's difficult for them to go with the flow and roll with it, right? They're still adaptable because human beings are. They're just not as adaptable. They're, they're lower. So, so we all have all of them. If we were to line up all these attributes on the wall like dimmer switches, okay, uh, yeah. we, all of our settings would be different. So if we connected a line, all of our squiggly lines would look different. That's how we show up. The good news is we can develop an attribute. You just can't do it the same way you can do a skill, right? So quick, um, quick back of the envelope test to determine whether or not it's a attribute or a skill, because they do get conflated all the time, is to ask yep. yourself, can I teach it or can it be taught? Okay. If the answer is yes, it's probably a skill. If the answer is okay. no, it's probably an attribute. The example would be, and I won't use you, Ray, because you, you already know how to shoot, but someone could tell me, hey, Rich, I want to learn how to shoot a pistol and hit a bullseye. You know, and well, you know, I could take someone out to the range and teach them how to do that within two hours, right? As could you, right? That is a skill. What if someone says, Rich, I want to learn how to be more patient or be more adaptable? I can't teach that, right? You know, that's something that someone else, someone, that person has to do. So, so to develop an attribute, it takes self-motivation, self-direction, and it takes one's willingness to step into deliberately environments that test and tease and develop that attribute. Do you dream of being known as a resilient and confident Christian man? Maybe you've even wished that you would finally become more faithful and disciplined, but after trying so damn hard, you still don't see any lasting change. So you feel discouraged and ashamed. And I get that because that was me more than eight years ago. But I can tell you right now that one of the things that's going to help you become the man that God created you to be is by getting a life coach, somebody who's going to be in your corner and walking with you along the way. And because I understand the transformative power of a virtual life coach, I want to offer you a free session right now on me. All you have to do is head over to thebecomingmen.com forward slash coaching. Again, that's thebecomingmen.com forward slash coaching. If someone wants to develop their patience, they must go and find and place themselves into environments that helps them develop their patience, whatever that looks like, yeah. right? It might be yeah. driving in traffic or standing in the longest line in the grocery store. I always say having kids, that'll, do, that'll help develop your patience, right? So, um, so whatever that might be, uh, the key is you have to do it on your own. I can't do it for you. You can't, this is why, and this is why our selection processes, by the way, are what they are. We could always, we can train anybody how to shoot, okay? Yeah. The, the key to being a good soldier, certainly a good Marine and a, and a good Navy SEAL, is actually understanding when not to shoot. Right. And they, and I always say the toughest part of being a Navy SEAL is not knowing when to shoot. It's knowing when not to shoot, because because to be able to know when not to shoot involves a whole set of attributes that are other than the ability yeah. to pull the trigger and hit a target. Right. Um, that's what the military and military basic training is actually seeking to do. Um, and so as civilians listening to this, um, you just have to understand where you are, where you stand on this stuff and say, OK, what do I want to approve? And, and the other thing I'll say is that you don't have to. And it's also impossible, by the way, have a lot, have all of the, or a lot of all of the attributes. Okay. That's, that's an impossible okay. task. And, um, and, and you don't need to, it's really in the context of what you're doing. There are certain professions, niches, pathways, goals that require different attributes than others, right? The attributes required to be a Navy SEAL are going to look different than the attributes required to be an accountant or yeah. a teacher or whatever. Right. So, um, so take something like empathy. Okay. I, I like to use stand-up comics. The stand-up comic doesn't need a lot of empathy. In fact, empathy, too much empathy might, in, might hinder someone's ability to be a stand-up comic, right? Because how can yeah. you find funny at a funeral <laughs> if you're too empathetic, right? So, yeah. Yeah. so, so to, to assume that you want to have a lot of all of these is incorrect. You need to understand who you are, what your engines are, what the niche that you want to go down is, and then start yeah. working on those. So the couple that you need to, and it takes the whole task that seems enormous and breaks it into a 
much smaller bite-sized chunk to say, actually, yeah, I'm actually pretty good. I just need to work on a couple of these things and I'll do better. Yeah. Yeah. Now I could really see why people would start to, or would confuse uh, skills and attributes. And I think maybe the, some of the the confusion um, that I can see initially is, okay, well, if I could just develop this skill, um, let's say, you know, as a man, if I could just shoot and and hike and just be tough, do these and, and hunt, right. If I develop these skills as a man, right. These yeah. uh, kind of poster skills that we see, we, we attribute to men. We, yeah, yeah. Then, then I, I will become more, you know, tough and, right. and courageous. Right. 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 So, but, but what you're saying is, okay, they're separate. Um, you can do things to develop this attribute, but the skills don't correlate directly with the attributes. Is, is that what I'm getting here? It is. I mean, it's, well, it's, skills are just separate, right? So you have, yeah. you have the skill of um, shooting yeah. or hunting, right? The, there's skills. So almost every endeavor is going to require both attributes and skills. In fact, I always, sure. I always say talent is in essence a, a, a kind of a dynamic synchronization of attributes and skills, right? So, so are the, like the Drew Breeses and the, and the Tom Brady's, uh, you know, they are, they are extraordinarily talented, but they are not, um, they did like Brady's still in it. Drew just, just retired recently, but they didn't, they aren't able to do what they do just because they're skilled, right? Uh, there's, yeah. there's other people, maybe a lot of other people who can throw the ball as far as accurately as those two guys. Right. But it's not just throwing the ball, which is a skill part. It's situational awareness. It's adaptability. It's being able to calm the mind. It's all these attributes that are involved in this. So that's yeah. one. The second thing I think where we get hung up and I think most people get hung up and I'll just talk about men and specifically is, is what the hell is a man? I mean, what, what is the definition of a man? I mean, that, that mm-hmm. definition, how do you define what manliness is? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, I think it's unfortunate that, um, that the Marine or the Navy SEAL model is generally considered, okay, well, that's the model guy. And it has to do with all this toughness and shooting guns and all this. No, yeah. no. I mean, I, I actually think, I mean, for me, the measure of a man is the ability to treat people and, and really anybody with respect and dignity, regardless of what they have to do for you, right? If you can be gentle when you need to be gentle, if you can be strong when you need to be strong, if you can modulate, if you can be a great dad, a great husband, you know, yeah. uh, be a, a productive member of a society or your church or whatever that is, that's manhood, right? It has nothing to do with these external, again, the, and you brought it up before. I mean, this whole idea of the external view, right? A lot of people's definition of manhood has to do with these external things. Yes. And no, manhood's internal. It, it really is. Yes. And, and, so, and so if you want to be a good man or a good human, because there's probably uh, ladies who listen to this too, think about what it means internally to be good, you know, yeah. and, and that's where you develop your confidence. That's where you develop your pride. Um, you don't have to be, I mean, there. just let's think about toughness for a second, man. I mean, you, you and I, uh, as a Marine, as a SEAL, we can, we can say, most people say, well, you guys have done some of the toughest military training in the world, right? You're probably some of the toughest people on the planet. Well, I tell you what, there are some kids over at St. Jude's hospital who have more toughness in their little finger mm. than any Navy SEAL or Marine I've ever met. Right. I yeah. mean, so what does, what, so what is toughness, right? I mean, what does yeah. that mean? So I think, I think part of the confidence problem for most people comes from their preconceived notions of what the definition is. That's <laughs> no right. one's, no one's telling us those, de- no one's forcing those definitions. We define it for ourselves and we say, yeah. okay, what does it mean to be a good man? 
and and be honest with that and don't focus on these external things you know focus right. on the internal things and the goodness that you can do i think that's the first step to uh, to true confidence yeah yeah i i always joke that if you took 25 guys put them in a room and asked them what is a man you're going to get 25 different answers and usually yeah. it's going to be uh, some some ideas are going to be based around their own upbringings right and mm -hmm. it's always it's rarely attributes and a lot of times it's actions, something like yeah. uh, a, a boy becomes a man when he sleeps with a woman, right? Like right. that, yeah. that defines yeah. you as a man somehow. When you have a child, when you get married, it's like those events or these skills that you develop, that, that's not going to lead to the attributes that we're looking for here. Well, and, um, and, and just to give ourselves a little bit of a break, uh, a, a past, this is not, I mean, humans have done this throughout history. We've all heard of these insane uh, uh, um, man, uh, manhood rituals from the, some mm -hmm. of these tribes where they do yeah. insane things to boys. I mean, the Spartans used to have them too. I mean, yeah. um, and if, and once you pass that test, you are now a man that doesn't help the problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, exactly. uh, so yeah, I think we just have to, we have to, we have to redefine the whole thing. That's a really, that's a really good point. Yeah. Thank you for, for, uh, amplifying that one. Um, I think as I'm listening to attributes, you know, I, I, Want to? I can. I want to use the word character and attributes interchangeably. Would that be incorrect? It's a, good, it's a great point you bring up because people have asked me this, and I've thought about this in, in writing the book. Character yeah. is um, is much larger. Okay. And attributes, you know, again, I'm, I'm yeah. talking, I'm interested in elemental human forms. I, I like, yeah. to, I like taking things down to the nitty gritty. A character is a combination of things. It's a combination okay. of personality, of beliefs, of values, of attributes, right? And yes. so I would, I would define, and characters get developed over the course of time. You don't okay. see character in very young kids the same way you mm -hmm. see attributes. So I think, I think character is just a combination of a bunch of things that develop as a human kind of grows, um, okay. attributes are those are kind of elemental attributes are a piece of character. If that's a good way to put it. Okay, perfect. Actually, I like that. I like that a lot. Cause here's, here's where I want to go before we end this. Um, from what I understand, the word character came from the Greek word character, right? Mm -hmm. it looks and sounds just the same. And it was a minting term, a term that was used like whenever you wanted to get a coin and define the value of that coin. Usually you would mint into it. You would carve into it, the value of it, the character of that coin. And that's how you knew if it was one, whatever, you know, money or five, and it usually had the emperor's face on it. Yeah. And, and so you, you know, the value of a man by the character, by, by the attributes in the character. Yeah. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense? I, I, I love the that? analogy. And I, I didn't know that. That's a great, I'm going to, I'm going to remember that because that's a cool thing to know. Uh, and I think you're correct. I think, uh, I think the value of a man comes with character value of a value of a human comes with the character. Um, yeah. but just know the character again, that, that, that character is a combination of things. So that's yes. a, that's a, it's an understanding of yes, my attributes, you know, but again, you know, attributes are the first are just one piece of it. Right. But yeah. what are my beliefs? What are my values? You know, yeah. what are my what are my personality traits? You know, so some right. of those two as well. You know, all those things combined generate into someone's character. And so yeah. um, and so, you know, and those can be different. I mean, the character. And, and again, I I almost and maybe, Ray, this is something, you know, you, know, you can explore later on. But I almost hesitate to say the word value because because value places a little bit of judgment. Characters are different, you know, for okay. every human being, right? Now we know we can say ultimately, okay, good character or bad, right? People who good do good things or people who do bad things, yeah. and that gets a little bit more binary. But, but man, I mean, um, 
there are so many different people out there in this planet and so many different cultures and so many different distinctions and perspectives. It's very difficult to start placing value on one character or another, um, yeah. assuming they're both doing things for good. Right. Um, uh, but even good and bad, man, that's a whole nother conversation. Good and bad is subjective yeah. too, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. If I yeah. ask you, you know, what is the character of a good leader? You're going to give me 10 attributes and I'm going to tell you, you just defined Adolf Hitler. <laughs> you totally. also defined uh, Abraham Lincoln. So yes, yeah, totally. absolutely. Well, I mean, you and I, as military men, we know, I mean, um, you know, we, uh, you know, the ISIS, the folks in ISIS think that they are doing absolutely the right thing. Exactly. According to them, they are absolutely the, the epitome of good character in their yeah. belief system. Right. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, not much we could do to, to convince them otherwise. Right. So that's right. That's <laughs> yeah, right. So. Um, yeah, man. And just as, as we're on this chain uh, with this analogy, you know, you're right. It there's more to the character than just the attributes, because I can, put the attributes of a coin on fool's gold, you know, right. I can sell it to you and tell you that this is gold, but really it's, it's something completely different. Um, yeah, it's, it's more than the just the stamp. It's more than just the stamp mm-hmm. on the coin, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the innards. It's what, what is the it? What are the internal things that make up it's the, the makeup, value of yes. that coin? Right. That's I mean, good. if it's pure silver, then it's going to have officially a different value than if it's yes. a, if it's funny money, you know? <laughs> and, and then to go back to your own terms, I mean, how do we really go back and uh, figure out if this is real gold or if this is fool's gold? Well, you have to test and tease this thing to really no. draw out the essence, the makeup of it, to squeeze that thing and and, and find out what is this really made of? And that's, yeah. I mean, if I'm understanding correctly, yeah. that's that right there is how you find out if you, where your level of attributes are, you know, by testing and teasing. It's, it's, um, I mean, again, a regular life is going to do this. So you have micro, micro challenges, micro tragedies that can help give you some clues, but, but I listen, we learn the most. This is, this is definitive. We learn the most from those hard times. And now it's not only definitive, it's actually neurological plasticity. Neuroplasticity actually is at its, at its peak in terms of its ability to, to generate these neural connections when three things are present in an environment, focus, novelty, intensity, those three things, when those three things are present, you are learning the fastest, your brain is searing those lessons, right? So that's why uh, learning the alphabet with a song, you have novelty, intensity, focus. That's why those touching a hot stove versus being told you're focused in it's novel, it's intense, right? So that's what bad things cause us to do. They cause us to focus. It's usually novel and it's usually intense. Yeah. And, and I guess for guys, um, experiencing some difficulty, whether you are stuck in traffic right now, yeah. uh, as a, as a micro, um, or you're going through a layoff and you don't know what's next, yeah. um, these challenges, they are going to test and tease, um, right. those attributes. And hopefully at the end of it all, you find a man that, um, that you desire that, that yeah. you desire to be right. So Rich, if guys want to, first of all, get your book, cause they need to, if they want to connect with you, where do, where do they go? Yeah, absolutely. So the book, so the attributes.com, the website, that's a great place to, to find me, find my, you know, all, you know, the book, uh, there's an assessment tool, by the way, a free assessment tool on the website. So you can take a free assessment to see where you stand on these attributes. Uh, you know, all my handles are on there for Instagram, Facebook, and um, LinkedIn and things like that. So people can connect with me through that. Um, there's also, if you want to do work with us, there's a type form you can fill out too, but, uh, but yeah, check out the book and, um, do the assessment and see, see, see if it helps. It'd be, it'd be great to have people visit. Gentlemen, there you have it from Rich Divini himself. Make sure that you go ahead and check out his book, The Attributes. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you subscribe, share it. And if you would go ahead and take a moment to leave an honest review 
on iTunes. I really appreciate that. This really helps get this podcast in front of the men who need to hear it. Good men who are just trying to lead epic lives. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Until next time, continue tomorrow.